Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives. I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And uh, today we've got just just a really, really great episode for you. Um, but before we get to get to the lists and the whatnot, Shawnee, how you doing, sir? Uh, doing great, man. I hope you guys had a chance to listen to our previous episodes that we posted this last week. Uh, we got a bunch of them posted. We, I think we posted, what was it, Tuesday through... Tuesday through Friday. Friday. So if you guys want to catch up with some of our top fives, uh, we did a top fives Beatles countdown. Check it out. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm doing okay. Fresh off of E3 this last weekend. It was. Tell us uh, about it. It was great, man. We had a... I went out with my friend Maddie. His One of his friends uh, works for Bethesda, and that's how we kind of were able to get tickets to this place. But this year, I guess, was the first year it went public. So uh, people can pretty much buy a ticket to the event and play the demos, play the games. So it was great, man. I played uh, Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I played um, the new Pokemon game. I guess it's, it's called Pokin. So it's like, I think it's the creators from Tekken. So they did this. Whole oh, wow. Game. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I got to try some PlayStation VR, which was kind of the most interesting thing. And also see a lot of these indie game developers and kind of just hear what they have, uh, what kind of games they're developing. So it was really cool. It was very similar to, like, I would say, like Comic-Con where you have like artist alley and you have all these creators and, you know, young, you know, up and coming creators. And also the people who are at the forefront, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, and of course, all those, uh, all those different, uh, gaming companies out there. So it nice. was a lot, it was a lot of fun. VR, I feel like is almost there. Uh, I'm sure there's a, a lot of content that they're developing and I got to see a little bit of that. And then of, of course, announcements for Spider-Man, uh, the, uh, insomnia game, and a whole bunch of titles for PlayStation. And uh, yeah, it was it was great, man. I, it's so hard to put the experience all in one. But uh, if you guys check out my Instagram, I have a, a couple of photos from the event. So, Right on. What was, uh, you said the VR was the most interesting, but in terms of like uh, traditional or classic gaming, what was your favorite uh, thing that you tried? Uh, I mean, Nintendo is always the classic go-to. Like, they have the Mario franchise. They have, uh, you know, Zelda. And, you know, now with the the Switch, they have all these games that they're offering, and they're still keeping their classic uh, kind of lineup intact. So, uh, yeah. the funny th- I think I actually played the latest Mario Kart, which was interesting. And this company that was, um, that was supplying the demo, they were kind of demoing different controller grips for the switch and how you can kind of incorporate that, uh, into a different, uh, kind of controller. And as far as classic games, there was actually a couple companies, uh, I think it was called mini arcade or pocket arcade. I think that's what they were called. These like companies that, uh, create smaller form, pretty much arcade games, uh, miniaturized versions of them. So it's really cool to see these people taking technology that was, in the past, but you know, still keeping that like retro gaming culture alive. So totally, was, yeah, it was it was pretty cool, dude. I, and I'm you know the VR stuff was very interesting. There was a couple uh, gaming companies that were using the VR systems, like the I think it's the Vive or Vibe, uh, PlayStation VR, and the Oculus, and they were just demoing different games off there because that's kind of the main thing. They have the hardware now; they need just games and content to uh, provide players. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I got kind of dizzy from nice. the VR, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like I, you were describing your VR experience to me and it felt very uncomfortable with like your glasses on and 
Yeah. I think, I think the next step for VR is like the quality and just minimizing the sickness. Uh, I guess the queasiness because some people get queasy. And also, I, I believe the comfortability. You know, it's going to be as comfortable as putting on a hat or something, you know. Yeah, or it'll it'll definitely get there. Um, and it's got to be tough because even though it's a $400 price tag, which is a big price tag. Yeah. I mean, the the PlayStation one, at least, is the only one I've seen up close. It's just kind of a big hunk of plastic. And that's not going to be comfortable. And there's not really a way to make that comfortable. So oh, yeah. you got to, you know, go for like a higher end type thing to get that kind of comfort. But, you know, eventually it, it'll probably happen across across yeah. the board. I mean, I, I didn't get to try the Oculus. I know Oculus is a little more expensive, probably more comfortable. I was actually impressed with the Sam, like Samsung's version of it, where you put the phone that clips on there. I thought that was oh, actually, yeah. that was the most comfortable out of all of them because the PlayStation VR it has like that like it has the the visor and then it has this almost like a cap that goes on you. So it's got like these two big parts. Where some of these companies they just have uh, pretty much just the visor and then almost like a band that goes around. So it minimizes that kind of hunk of plastic that's on your head. And, That's cool. And probably keeps it more secure because with the PlayStation VR, it had to move it a- around a little bit just to adjust the focus on it. So it's very interesting, and I can see the potential. I mean, I just saw this ad for uh, there's a Spider-Man VR Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming VR experience that they're going to release. And, you know, and to, to help, you know, kind of uh, That'd be get the movie going. But that would be kind of cool, too. And, you know, with the Spider-Man game, and I tried Battlefront on VR, which was kind of interesting. So that was a very kind of different experience. Um, and I also tried Spider-Man would be price would be worth, like, price admission for VR alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who, who like, Batman, be? like, all right. But, like, swinging through New York? Like, yeah, like oh, my fly- God. That's, like, everyone's dream to swing, like, Spider-Man yeah. flying through the city. So, uh, wow. yeah, I, I could see the potential and, you know, I, I don't think I'm ready yet to invest in something like a PlayStation VR. Um, if I, yeah. if I could build a computer, I would probably go with the higher end VR system if I was going to do that, uh, like an Oculus. Um, but it's all these things like tracking and just like, there's so many factors that I think in the next year or two are going to be almost perfect. You know, everything's going to be, I actually just saw a video today also on Facebook of this uh, app where you're, I think you take a photo with your phone and it uploads like your avatar onto a digital body. So oh, things weird. like, and th- yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I guess they're going to use, you know, kind of almost like the Sims type of life, you know, have those kind of, <laughs> there's so many avenues for that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, I mean, how, Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, how long, like how many generations do you think it will take to one day VR, all it is is like Yoko Ono wraparound sunglasses, you know, like they're just that small and it, you yeah. know, because that's been the the challenges, or I guess that's what the hardware is now. It's like the th- it's the lenses that are inside. That's why it's so deep the visor, and right. and then obviously how how it holds it itself on there. And it, there was like headphone companies that were selling like attachments and everything, um, but I don't know, man. I mean, I would think maybe. I mean, just with this technology alone, how much they've broken ground on it, maybe the third generation, like second generation, I think it'll get more comfortable, but I know there's going to be a lot of the augmented reality technology that's going into play. And that incorporates what you're seeing in front of you, like the clear stuff, adding, you know, computer generated effects. But I mean, if you could just put on a pair of glasses and that's already, you know, close to your, uh, you know, that's already kind of recreating that experience. So. 
I'm not really if sure. If you could get them in your <laughs> prescription, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be just... Like, not something you'd have to put over your glasses, but just something you would wear. Shit, it just be... It, it, I mean, shoot, it should. It could probably be some contact lenses. Like, and eventually they're going to... And I think they have oh, that nice. technology with, um, you know, giving people sight, too. There's this, you know, they can use, con- like, artificial contacts to kind of create, you know, things, uh, sight for people. And, I mean, that could be, that could be, like, the pinnacle of it, you know? All that hardware gone and just have it as minimal as glasses or you know contacts it'll happen one day yeah and it's probably not we'll, we'll we might see it i don't know i'm skeptical if it'll get that crazy tiny well i, I, nah, th- I think maybe. It, i think cell it phones will. i guess i think it will look at the curve there yeah it's just the i think just breaking finding more ways to just like any technology like computers these days we found ways to shrink the computer to the size of our phone. I mean, our phone is a computer and we can hold it in the palm of our hand. That's, that's a supercomputer. I mean, doing the things on our phones these days when we, you know, when we grew up, we didn't have computers like that. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure they will be find a way to at least, you know, minimize the, uh, the cost and the, the hardware that's involved. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the cool part about it, I think. So we'll, we'll get yeah. to see that transition. And maybe that's when it probably worth buying a, a VR system. I think it's worth it if you can afford like the top notch VR system. I think it's worth it. Um, but you know, just like but is there enough content to justify? It almost when I go to E three, I was like, there are a lot of e- there are a lot of VR There's experiences this cool. year from what I like heard of or saw last year. So nice. it's because the because the hardware's out, all the the Oculus is out, the PlayStation VR is out. Like it's it's they have stuff to play with. Um, I think it's just taking the next step and like, what else can they provide? Um, actually funny enough, I went to this, like, I think they were from Germany, but this company, uh, they created a glove that was a controller and that worked with VR as well. And I thought that was really cool. They're a really small company, but I was playing battlefront and they were telling me to, uh, hold my hand in like a gun position and certain gestures (laughs) would, yeah, certain gestures would make you move forward or shoot your gun. Um, so like other types of technologies to in- integrate it into it will, I think make the experience better and immerse you a little bit more. And, you know, there's a lot of companies, I think we were talking before, like with, uh, you know, like trying to walk, uh, and have like real environments that mimic what's you're seeing in VR. I think those are the small little details that will make the experience better. Yeah. So, um, do they have any games where you play with a controller? Like I don't know how it works. Like, is it a controller? Then you could move with the joystick, or yeah, they. Like, uh, I didn't play any of those games. Uh, they did have a couple of them. Some of them were uh, how they would do that is since you can't move physically, you only have so much space to move. They have this kind of like jumping feature. So on the controller, you would hit like a bumper or some sort of button, and it would transport you to a certain section of the map. So that's how some of those games solve like traveling while staying in place, I guess. Cool. So, uh, but yeah, those those are a couple games, and then um, I was also surprised, and I'm not sure if it's like this for PC games, but some PC demos they had had controllers like Xbox like controllers, um, especially for like driving games. Uh, so that, yeah, it's it's very interesting how like uh, gaming has progressed, and you know there there's there's still that 
the the retro gaming community and there's you know there's a bunch of the, you know they they have these the super nes those minis that they were selling yeah the discontinued discontinued but there was some other companies that were trying to re- recreate those libraries and create like their own kind of uh, retro arcades so it's really cool to see those and you know obviously as far as playstation xbox and nintendo the three big you know big companies in the gaming industry you know they're not holding back they're they're showing as much content for whatever the games are going to be coming out in the next year and trying to, you know, pretty much, you know, obviously it's a convention, you know, they're trying to sell you on their next lineup of games, but it's amazing what they're doing and just seeing like Spider-Man and, uh, they even had a demo for like Forza. I don't play a lot of racing games, but like a lot of these racing games are just getting so real. Like they're, you know, the way the physics work and everything. So it was a cool experience, man. If you're a gaming nerd, I definitely recommend E3. And I was so lucky to be able to go. Uh, and I took the Metro line. I did a little public transit to downtown. So it was really cool to get to know the city a little bit, too. Cool. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome, man. That's exciting. <laughs> E3. E3. It's feel, I've, you know, it's something I've read about, you know, years now, but never, like, you can go to that, you know, like. Yeah, you could it's go kinda, next year, it's man. It's awesome. You can go next year. I have no idea how much the tickets are selling for, but uh, it it seemed like there was a good amount of people. And from what my buddy, because my buddy was has been going the last couple of years, so he told me there's definitely a bigger amount of people coming in, which means it's tough. You got to get there early, fall in line if you want to play any demos. Yeah, um, I just I never thought of it as like a comic convention before. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. think like anyone or not any. You know what I mean? Like you gotta get back. Well, but you know what I mean? Like I didn't think it was open to like the public. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, th- and I think that's a good move because it's you know there are a lot of people playing games, especially console video games. So you know that's a huge community of people, and if you can let them into that, you know that event and that. Uh, you know, all the news. I, I know a lot of the news I still read up on it on YouTube or, or, you know, kind of looked at articles and whatnot. But it's like there's such a huge gaming community. Like, why not, you know, let other people experience that? Um, it even gets you more excited to play the games because you get hands-on and, and you're willing to invest in that game and, you know, and, and follow the series or whatever. So That's dope. Yeah. Sean, you know what we need to go to? We need to go to a, uh, a Brony Con. Oh yeah, that could be very interesting. Be <laughs> Are you gonna dress up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> we should document it and podcast there as well. Yeah. Oh, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Just get ourselves into a, a Bob Burgers type adventure or something, and yeah. <laughs> risk almost getting a, a a brownie tattoo or something. <laughs> um, Anyway, we're getting way off topic. Sean, (laughs) we dive into some lists, sir. Yeah, let's do it, man. Right on. Uh, Would you like to go first? Would you like me to go first? Um, I'll go first. All right. Joey, your top five favorite apps. Um, Like apps and zerts or like (laughs) applications? Applications on phone, iPad, uh, pads or whatever, whatever pad you got. Um, And it can be just simple, essential you know, apps that you use, or they can be something very interesting or something that, uh, maybe attains to your, um, your, uh, your hobbies and your skills. Excellent. 
Um, apps. All right. Applications. Shawnee, this is, this is very good top five. Um, off the top of my head, I'm going to say my number five uh, favorite app is the health app, the Apple health app. Um, and it's, it sounds funny coming from me cause I'm all burgers all the time, but, um, this app, I don't know how accurate it is, but it traces my steps throughout the day. And I, I feel really good. Like knowing like, Oh, you know, I walked three and a half miles today. Like I, I was usually a very, uh, stationary, a stationary soul, you might say. And, uh, so it, I always feel good it kind of, you know, makes me a little more motivated, like, oh, if I can track and I can see, you know, I'm going to want to walk this much or do this much each day. Um, oh, yeah. And you feel like, so, some, you know, feel accomplished at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, um, and I just feel better in general, which is, a, it's, that's a, that's a pretty good feeling. <laughs> um, number, uh, number four, I'm going to say BuzzFeed. Um, uh, okay. I've kind of fallen off BuzzFeed lately just because they're really obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. Like BuzzFeed <laughs> is super obnoxious. They've um, had some uh, pretty interesting and controversial articles that I love to read the comments sometimes because everyone usually yes. bashes the author if it's that bad of an article. But usually yeah. there's good stuff on there. Well, there's just articles like, look how flawless Britney Spears looks. And you like click on it and it's just like the same picture over and over and over with them going, Damn, Britney Spears, you're rocking it, girl. Keep living. All right, you do you, Britney. Like, I'm just over. That's a non-article. That you you got paid to write that. I mean, maybe I don't know if they get paid to write that, but that's a non-article, and I see it all the time about all different things, and it makes me angry. So, <laughs> but some articles are very good on BuzzFeed. I've learned a lot of cool stuff on BuzzFeed, so I don't want to. But man, I don't know. Um, and, you know, you, you know me, and if you've listened to this show any length of time, you know I'm cynical. And, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the constant barrage of positivity on that, <laughs> on that app is, you know, every, every, everything is, like, celebrated. Even, like, stupid people, they're like, you, you know, you do you. It's like, no, the person's an idiot. You know, I don't know. There's just a lot of... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've learned a lot of cool stuff on BuzzFeed as well. So, you know, and I love to take their quizzes. Um, oh, yeah. Who doesn't want to know which member of Saved by the Bell cast they were? <laughs> um, I do. Um, that's my rant on BuzzFeed. Do you use BuzzFeed? I do. I used to, again, I used to listen or watch it, uh, watch it, read it, watch it, whatever, however way you can get the feed. Um, I would mostly get it through like Facebook. I know they were like, always big on Facebook with the kind of the, this is what articles you should look at based uh, okay. off of history. But uh, I know there's been some interesting ones. Uh, I always like the, kind of the scientific, you know, articles. Yeah. Get a little, you know, I need some knowledge in my life right now and then. So, um, <laughs> but as far as uh, using the app, yeah, there, I think, I believe I have the Buzzfeed app. I use it uh, anytime I'm like, curious about some sort of subject. I mean, I usually go to like Wikipedia for that, but, um, sometimes if you want to find just other perspectives and other articles. Um, it's a good place to go to. And they did, they did like the tasty, like Buzzfeed tasty with all the like food. Those are really great videos and like the recipes and made kind of cooking a little bit more fun because you got to see it. Yeah. Kind of look, you know, planned out and everything. So yeah, totally. Right on. Cheers, BuzzFeed. Either way. Um, (laughs) 
Number three, uh, whenever I'm feeling a little down, which is often, uh, I like to go on Amazon because I like uh. to shop. Uh, and it just it just makes me happy. So, um, yeah, I... And it's the only place you can find graphic novels and like books and, you know, cool, cool stuff like that. And, um, you know, really hard to find records. Like there's no way I was going to find my Coleman Hawkins encounters Ben Webster LP. And like, (laughs) you know, I wasn't going to find that used. And if I did, I was going to, Oh yeah. Never mind. Um, (laughs) anyway, I love Amazon. I use, I love prime and, I am a little scared that they're buying uh, Whole Foods. I don't know how yeah, I feel I about that. Reading about that, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what that's going to do with uh, the Whole Foods chain in general. But uh, I mean, that could be a good thing because I know they you could buy food on Amazon, right? I'm sure you can. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they'll have like some sort of delivery service, and then I believe Amazon is testing out these like grocery stores where you don't have to. You can pretty much just take stuff off the shelf, and what it does is it uh, it adds that to your account. So you don't have to – there's no cashiers. You don't have to pay anyone. It just comes straight out of your account. So there's some way that they can sense the items that are on the shelves. And then if you take that out um, and add that to your – it pretty much adds it to your digital queue uh, or digital cart, and you just get – you know just pay for it digitally. And that's it. So I, I feel like they might do something with it maybe like that. Maybe they'll do Whole Foods, but I don't know. That's Whole cool. Foods, like just the, you know, having cashiers and like that kind of, you know, it's the traditional grocery store kind of system. So Where will cool. all the hippies work? I'm not really sure. So <laughs> Trader Joe's doesn't have enough room for everyone. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. But, well, you know, kind of serious. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would kind of bring the Whole Foods brand down, which I'm a big I'm a big Whole Foods oh, fan. Oh yeah, like. I, I do feel like it's about the people that help you out there, and you know, uh, dude, it was uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I just went to Whole Foods about a week ago to pick up some cat food, and the <laughs> one Whole Foods in Pasadena has a bar upstairs. It's two, I think, two or three levels. What? There's a bar upstairs, dude. That's so maybe as long as they don't take the bar out. <laughs> the kid. Whole Foods bar. What? What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Man. And what people just like, you know, oh, these these Whole Food prices and then just throwing back a shot. Like, what's going on up there? <laughs> I Who's guess, up there? I mean, they have security, I'm sure. But like, that's uh, it's kind of interesting. You never get that a bar inside of a what? grocery store. You usually get like a coffee shop and a grocery store. Yeah. So That's bizarre. That's yeah, so That's maybe crazy. when you come visit, uh, you should just go to Whole Foods <laughs> grab a drink. <laughs> Whoa, where'd you guys come from, Whole Foods? <laughs> <laughs> Got a uh, couple of drinks on us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show Thank you. you. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they, they do move in herds. Um, all right, number two. IMDb. Ah. Um, I think it's like, it's so much more useful as an app than it is as a website, you know? And yeah. I feel like the social media websites got like that too. Like Facebook, you know, it was like, oh, it's way easier to navigate on my phone than it is on the, like why go on the computer? And IMDb is perfect because that's what I want at my side. It's like a Pokedex for movie knowledge. <laughs> um, you know, when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, oh, what have I seen him in? And like, you know, it's so bad. I think that 
it's definitely uh, led to an increase in less attention span. There's a much easier way to say that. (laughs) I just use the most windiest way to say that. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's a bummer that it's there, but I love that app as well. Like, I, I liked, you know, going around for days at a time just like, what was that dude in? (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, going on a week, going on a month, and then be like, ah! <laughs> like, ah, he was an Andy Griffith that one episode. You know, something like that. Like, you, you're never going to have that again, really. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then my number one app um, is my only uh, social media app. But uh, I'm on it all the time. It's Instagram. I love looking at art and pictures. And, um, you know, I follow a lot of comic comic book artists and uh, a lot of vinyl record stores and they're always posting, um, you know, album covers and the condition of the records. And so, you know, other than my, my friends and family, that's what I'm, that's what I'm checking out on, on Instagram. That's pretty amazing with Instagram because it is, it is an outlet for, to connect with your friends, but also find other people out there that have so many other (laughs) specialties and hobbies and, uh, you know, for, like art, especially in photography, it's a good place to showcase your work if you're a photographer. So, yeah. and there's a lot of people discovering it, and you get to comment and make uh, little emojis. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, well memes. I'm not I'm not kidding anyone. I'm <laughs> memes all day long, you know. And uh, I send you memes. I send a lot of people memes all day long, and uh, I just hope they all appreciate it. <laughs> I see memes about me, you know, just like, oh, this dude, uh, the dude who sends everyone pictures just waiting for people to respond is like, oh, um, I'm not proud of it. Hey, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Your memes are fun. Um, I love it when you send me memes. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Insta. Um, Shani, w- what are your top five? I'm looking through my list here. Uh, my number five is a kind of like a news app called Flipboard. It's, I think it comes with, uh, I have a Samsung phone. I'm not like the rest of you guys (laughs) with iPhones, but it's kind of like the default news app for my phone. And so you can kind of choose, it's almost like similar to, uh, I'm trying to think of another app, almost like Buzzfeed where you can kind of pick other topics that you're interested in. So it'll give you articles and topics from that. So like if you're really into entertainment or film, it would give you articles about like the latest news on film and like movies are dropping. And, and there's also, I, I've kind of tailored it towards like mostly like film, entertainment, music, uh, gaming, (laughs) the usual for myself. And, um, yeah, it's a good way to get some news. Like there is articles from the top, like news, uh, outlets as well. So they have, they're kind of almost, uh, kind of a bridge between a lot of those news providers and uh yeah and there's just a little bit of stuff for myself like my hobbies and kind of you know insight into what's going on in the world these days nice uh so yeah flipboard number four is the wish app my cousin told me about this i still have yet to order something on it but i still think it's fascinating and it's a legit company these guys cool uh pretty much sell different you know, they sell clothing, gadgets, I mean, all sorts of things for super cheap. And I believe they're outsourcing to like China as far as getting their, their, um, their products, ah. but it is quite addicting. I've built quite a, uh, a shopping cart list of items 
And uh, yeah, I'm thinking about getting a tripod for our podcasting for my, my microphone to kind of uh, hook onto my desk. So nice. It's a cool little app. I still have to try it, but my cousin has successfully successfully um, ordered stuff on the app. So just need cool. to kind of commit to the shopping cart I have <laughs> and go get it. But I'm downloading lot, it right now. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff on it. There's uh, also things that you know they can split it by category too if you're looking for a particular thing. Nice. So yeah, that's my number four. Number three, I have the Wikipedia app. Um, kind of similar, oh, kind of similar call. to ID, IMDb. Um, it is an app that connects us with Wikipedia and pretty much mostly any fact you want to know about pretty much anything. <laughs> uh, it is a vast world in the, in the world of Wikipedia. And I know it's interesting because in college, like it wasn't, we could use Wikipedia as a resource, but sometimes, you know, obviously some of the articles are produced, uh, and created, and added on by uh, the public or, you know, I guess, you know, public authors, but it obviously goes through a rigorous uh, publishing kind of, uh, you know, process or whatnot. And, you know, all those articles that are up there have to be, um, you know, proven as far as like the research that you're gathering, but it's a perfect outlet just to kind of know a little bit about the subject you're looking for. And um, you can learn a lot of stuff. And I usually use it for like looking up bands you know, you get yeah. to see like what bands that, that they've been in before or like where their influences are from, how they started out, what their discography is. So it's very good for music as well. And comics. And comics. And probably movies. <laughs> Character histories. And probably movies as well. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, number two is the Yelp app uh, for nice. restaurants. If you're looking for a place to eat, it's the perfect app to kind of get a review on the restaurant you're looking for to narrow down your choices as far as if you want food you know, a particular food that night. And, um, yeah, so I'm a pretty avid user. I always check like the, I hate to be like kind of that, uh, you know, I, I usually use mostly, uh, a rating system to kind of determine how the, how to pick a restaurant. And, um, it's a good outlet for just kind of discovering new places to eat. So nice. Yeah. And then that brings me to my number one. I've been using this for banking. It's Venmo app ah yes and that's how i pay my rents that's how i do a lot of other activities it's a perfect way to split a bill at the end of the night if you want to just give money venmo someone for the money it's secure um and it's just another way to transfer cash if you are in just a tight bind so nice venmo so that's my top five dude for for apps i love it i love it yeah those are some good ones. Thank I'm going to check out that wish and, uh, yeah, I heard, check it out, man. I heard the great. wish. If you order clothing, you might have to order like a size up. <laughs> I think so. Just that's be, good to know. Just that's, be I'm going to have to order like two sizes up. <laughs> um, right on. Yeah, right on. Well, Shawnee, are you ready for my list? Oh yeah. Let's hear it. All right. In honor of what was yesterday, dear sweet Father's Day, um, what are your top five favorite movie dads? This was a hard one. <laughs> However, uh, I kind of narrowed it down. Some of them are questionable, I would say. Um, but I guess it's just how you view the movie and how you view that character. Uh, number five is Mel Gibson's character in The Patriot. 
Oh, he was almost on mine. That's good call. Yeah. That's good call. I mean, the whole family, uh, the whole time, the whole movie is him just fighting for his family, protecting his family. As intense as he is in the movie, uh, which gets kind of bloody at times, uh, he is definitely the kind of the, I don't know, he's like the the typical dad that like, it's, it's all about the family. Like the whole movie, like that's his motive throughout the whole movie is protecting his family especially in times of, you know, the war and everything. And, and, uh, and of course he becomes, obviously he's a main character in the film. So he pushes the, the film forward in the story arc and how some of the other characters, uh, get resolved in the end. So, uh, yeah. And he's pretty, he's a super intense character in it. I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, number four, I would consider this a movie cause I saw, uh, I heard there's a super cut of it, but he is from the television show. It's Heisenberg, dude. <laughs> Our man oh, Heisenberg oh. from Breaking Bad. <laughs> I broke a rule there. I, I I wanted to keep I wanted to put him in there because uh, no matter how if you haven't seen the show or if you guys uh, have seen it all the way through in Breaking Bad, Heisenberg is a teacher professor gone meth dealer. <laughs> and, <laughs> but no matter what the uh, you know, what the story's about and how kind of sinister it gets. He was doing it for his family <laughs> at the end. <laughs> no matter what, even though he went a little mad and crazy in the process, but it was mostly, f- you know, for his family and his kind of setting the future up for his family. And um, I don't know, man, that's kind of an interesting dad <laughs> to hang around. <laughs> so I've never seen it. You have to watch Breaking Bad. It's such a good show and it definitely lives up for all the kind of hype and fandom, I guess behind it. But I, nice. men- I mentioned it, there is like a fan supercut of like the show floating around somewhere. So you could watch like That's an cool. hour or two hours worth of just like a shortened version of that story. So, yeah. um, yeah. Anyways, number three from kick-ass it's, uh, it's big daddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, freaking Nicolas Cage playing a somewhat Batman-looking father figure <laughs> is, <laughs> is taking an, uh, is taking on uh, his daughter, uh, Hit Girl, to create pretty much a mini assassin throughout the film. And as interesting, their as this, fight scenes are so good. Like are, that's proof so that you can do Batman and Robin with a kid Robin oh, and yeah. do a fight choreography and make it work. And you could see like this interesting dynamic between him because he he loves his daughter so much, but you know it's that weird kind of he, he's like fighting between you know he has to do this he has to teach her to become an assassin to protect herself, uh, and to you know eventually kill off the syndicate that was you know haunting them in the first place. So, um, but this is the dynamic between the two of them and the way they fight and just the the smart remarks that she makes. You know, she obviously takes after her father. So it, he's, yeah. he's definitely, and I, I would think one of Nicholas Cage's best roles, I would think he, he played a good role yeah. for how, um, you know, he wasn't too big of a part of the story, but I think, you know, obviously hit girl was more of the supporting character, but he definitely played his part in the film to, uh, yeah. to show us that. And yeah, I think it's a remarkable. It's, film. it's been a while, but from what I remember, he was, he played it pretty low key. Like he, he did. didn't go full cage. 
Yeah, you're very right. He was very kind of uh, almost like, what's the word I'm looking for? Very formal, like a military kind of figure. You know, he took that. He was very serious in it. Yeah, I always took him as doing um, an Adam West impression. Ah, that's kind of good to see. It's very funny because he looks like Batman. (laughs) Yeah, well, um, it's funny because Big Daddy, I believe... I think it's a reference to because you know if you buy a Batman comic that's from the 1960s, all up in that comic, Robin is going, "Hey, Big Daddy, come on, let's go fight crime, Big Daddy." Oh, really? And like, yeah. So, um, you know, I just find that really funny if if that is an actual reference to Batman. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, feel like I mean, Big Daddy is the comics equivalent to Holy Blank Batman from the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, number three, kick ass. Number two, nice. he was still a good father. Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> he had his round of redemption, but I mean, it's Anakin Skywalker. This guy was a powerful Jedi. I mean, powerful Sith, one or the other, or maybe in between. He was yeah yeah. Um, he, but he get he can play for both. But he yeah he. Ultimately, the he drove Luke Skywalker to become who he is, and had his round of redemption in the uh, the Last Jedi. Not the Last Jedi, sorry, the the Return of the Jedi. And uh, yeah, I mean, such an iconic character for Star Wars fandom and geeks all around. So I'm gonna put my uh, foot down on Darth Vader being one of my fathers to celebrate this week. Uh, right on and that brings me to my number one another interesting kind of controversial one I'm going to say Alfred from Batman ah I like that I like that a lot because even though he's not his father by blood he definitely took on a fatherly role and almost brotherly role too as well Um, you can go hand in hand but he, he, he takes care of Bruce Wayne and he is his partner as far as you know, someone that knows his identity and supports his his uh, vigilante lifestyle. So, um, yeah, Alfred, man, and he's just such a right dear on. character in the series, and is, is such a big part of who Batman is. I would I would feel, and um, yeah, he's always caring for Bruce, no matter what, no matter how beat up he gets or whatnot. So, yeah, Alfred. That's excellent. I. I love that you put that. <laughs> Damn. You got a, you got a better list than I do. Um, all right. Number five, James Mason in uh, Bigger Than Life. Yeah. We watched this movie together. It's yeah. a Nicholas Ray film from the 50s uh, about a father who, uh, you know, very strict uh, school teacher, 1950s uh, suburban father. And uh, he, like, hurts his back or something. I forget what happens. But they issue him cortisone, which was a new drug at the time. Cortisone. And uh, he gets addicted to cortisone. And uh, he, like, just starts, like, and, like, it's so sloppily done. Like, he just writes a prescription and goes to the pharmacist. And they're like, okay, there you go. And he's like, right on, thank you. And they're playing, like, cheerful music. <laughs> but, like, it's this, uh, it's this weird family drama. I think uh, Walter Matthau is, like, a supporting character. I think he plays his brother-in-law. Yeah. And he, the drug just takes hold of him and he like, 
is like re- becomes like really violent towards his wife and his kid and like just crazy and like uh it's such a weird movie and the color palette is just gorgeous in that movie uh you know that was the time when Technicolor was doing all the color in movies but this one was by Deluxe and oh, okay. uh everything has this icy blue finish oh it's beautiful <laughs> but um yeah so this movie I we we watched it together right yeah yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the, like, yeah, how it went. Yeah. Dude, you got to see this. This is crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, I don't know. It's he's not a good father. Like even at the end, like you know, he's like, "Oh, I kicked it," but it's like you were faking the prescription slips like really easily. Like at any time, you could just start doing this again. Anyway, uh, James Mason, bigger than life, <laughs> my number five spot. Um, number four. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Ted Kramer, Kramer versus oh, Kramer. Oh wow! Okay. Have you ever seen this movie? Uh, I haven't seen this movie, but I mean, Dust- I'm always a fan of Dustin Hoffman. If if you just want to see Dustin Hoffman act the hell out of everything, that's the- um, you got to check this out. And Meryl Streep, so it's like oh, a, it's a double header, even though she's so overrated. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Meryl. Um, <laughs> All right, number three, Don Vito Corleone in The Godfather. Oh, man, dropping The Godfather. You know, um, because you know what? Yeah, he was a gangster, but like um, like who you mentioned earlier, uh, he, he did it for his family. You know, like yeah. it was all about the family. And, um, you know, it's so beautiful in part two that you get to see the contrast between uh, Vito coming up and Michael coming up. and. Yeah the way that Vito's story ends with them at the parade, he just killed the mob boss and she, his wife hands him Michael as a baby. And he's like, I love you. You know, I do anything for you, whatever. And, uh, Oh, it's so good. Or that's how disc one ends. Um, but either way, like he tells him in the first movie, like this wasn't the life for you, you know, Senator Corleone or, or president Corleone, you know, he goes through that whole thing. Um, <laughs> And it's circumstances and, and situations that forced fate or whatever. And yeah. it that's a tragedy, you know? And, um, and the real tragedy is that Michael doesn't learn the lessons of his father, that he becomes a monster. Um, but his father was, despite the evil, was trying to do the right thing, you know? Yeah. Um, you have some complex fathers on this list. <laughs> there are. There are. I don't know why I put James Mason. Should be Ray Kinsella from Field of Dreams. Oh, anyway. nice. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Ray. Was he that good of a father, though? Like, he, they were, they're like we're going broke. Our kid's going to starve. I got to build the baseball field so I can <laughs> resolve my daddy issues. Selfish man. Uh, <laughs> number two. Uh, the Tramp in uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. Oh. Have you ever seen this movie? I have not seen that too. You're hitting some classics. I feel bad. Right I'm asking like that. I, I don't want you to think I'm just being condescending. I'm just I'm excited no. if you have. You have um, some classic, uh, you know, father figures on your list. I would say that's a good. That's yeah, a good Chap. This movie though, like the moment uh, the police come and like take the kid away from Charlie Chaplin. I'm not spoiling anything. It's a 100 year old movie. It's fine. Um, like the kid just stretches his arms out to him and like he's stretching his arms. Like 
I've, I've never seen a bond more like representative of father and son than that moment in the yeah. kid. It's beautiful. It's such a great, and it's the kid is, yes, it's black and white. Yes. It's silent, but it's only like 60 something minutes long. And an, uh, if you can find it, check it out. It's so good. I'll give you my DVD copy. Um, thank you. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Um, Oh, wait, I still got to pick it up on Criterion Blu-ray. Once I do that, then you can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, Henry Jones, Henry Jones Sr. (laughs) of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Sean Connery. James Bond is Indiana Jones' father. Uh, And they have such a, in the Last Crusade, they have such a great, like they do everything in that movie together. And that really shows like the relationship throughout the film. Yeah. And, and of course he is, you know, just like Indy as far as, you know, he, you know, researching history and, and exploring and, but he still has his hesitations about Indy cause you know how he's very ambitious and, you know, he's always forward, but, um, yeah, dude, perfect, perfect choice for, I mean, who, who wouldn't want Sean Carney to adventure, adventure with you if you're Indiana Jones, of course, <laughs> seriously, um, this list was tough except for that one for me. Yeah. Uh, that was like instantly like, oh, okay, let me build the list around that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Henry Jones Sr. Junior. Junior. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, I think he's only demand. like 12 years older than Harrison Ford, I want to say. I think so, yeah. Nine or 12 years. Um, but they, their rapport and everything is just so convincing. You know, you believe yeah. that relationship immediately. Yes. Um, yeah. He taught him to be yeah. a, a, penitent, a penitent man. A penitent. 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 <laughs> Jehovah starts with an eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we need that, that uh, plot point right there. <laughs> oh, oh, That's a good such list, man. Good. I was like, I'm, I'm happy we did that for our list this week. Yeah. Happy fathers. Happy belated fathers. Day to all the, all yeah. the fathers out there. Happy belated. Um, Love you, Dad. Shawnee, that moves us into the year 2000. Every year on our show, we uh, break down the top five movies of a particular year. Starting from 1989, we are now on the year 2000. Um, Shawnee, what are your top five favorite films from the year 2000? Again. Big Y2K. Y2K, man. We thought all the computers were going to destroy our world. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very Expensive tough sound effects. <laughs> yeah, insert sound effect. Uh, this was a very hard list as well. There was just so many movies that came out in 2000. Here are the ones that I guess, again, kind of uh, attach to me. Like they bring back memories. Uh, number five slash six, five and a half. Shanghai <laughs> Noon. I got Shanghai Noon on here. Nice, nice. Uh, I think one of my early introductions, I'm, I've seen Jackie Chan in a couple of films before, but uh, Jackie Chan, one of his big kind of uh, s- splashes to American film as far as being a big Hollywood blockbuster star. Totally. And, uh, and Owen Wilson, man, they're, they're the dynamic duo they have in there and it's Western and there's gunfights and oh, it's so great. And it's just a yeah. fun movie. And I know it's probably cheesy at times when you watch it again, but I don't know. It always just reminds me of like, how fun like the that movie was so i would say uh five i guess 5.2 because i have snatch on here which i was like flipping back and forth between that one 
Uh, you know, I've never seen that all the way through. Oh man, snatched. Uh, Guy Ritchie. It's got a lot of uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Brad Pitt's in it. Uh, a lot of big English actors. Um, yeah, I can't list them all because it is a big cast. I think Vinnie Jones is in it actually, as well. But it's a great little like I guess uh, heist. Not a heist movie. It's kind of like a heist. There's like all these different uh, mobsters after each other. They're after this one kind of like crown jewel like you know a really big diamond and it's just the whole movie just you see this diamond travel from different person to different person and all these people are trying to you know obviously claim it for their prize um but it's got you know it's a guy rich films that has it like kind of uh filmmaking that style um i think it's one of his better movies out of the stuff he's producing these days but uh yeah check it out snatch nice uh i've got number four the gladiator or Gladiator. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I am Gladiator. Yeah, man. Just a classic film with Russell Crowe, man. He killed it. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing a pretty intense villain in it. Uh, pretty much kind of like similar like Robin Hood. He takes kind of the throne and uh, throws democracy over its head and is an evil person. He definitely shows uh, a lot of, you know, evil tells and... Yeah, man. I mean, it's just such a good movie about this journey from this soldier who gets abandoned by his by Rome, pretty much, and gets thrown in to become a gladiator and trying to find pretty much find his way and find redemption out of his life. But also trying to bring light to how evil the, um, you know, the uh, you know, how evil Rome has become. So, uh, yeah, man, gladiator. I got Very number nice. three, American Psycho. Nice. Uh, you showed me this film, and I, it's like a dark comedy. I don't know how to describe it. It's, you know, um, yeah. Christian Bale just being a psychotic killer and dancing to Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, there's all these like you know scenes where it's like, is this real? Is he just thinking about this? Is he thinking about killing people? It definitely tests your. It's one of those movies that definitely tests your mind at the end and makes you reflect yeah. on what has happened. And it, it, of course, is ultimately a film that, yeah, that teaches you about. You know, it's a character, almost like a character study. It's really telling you about this this person and their experiences. And uh, yeah, man, just an intense film. I really like it. What's your favorite? Because there's so many great scenes in that movie. What's your favorite scene in that movie? Uh, just the slew of scenes where he's like, "I got to return some videotapes," <laughs> which is like his his, his excuse yes. to like just dip out real quick and like probably kill someone. Uh, that the business card part of the yes. business card uh, scene was really funny, where they're showing I each other's business cards, and they're talking about like the texture of it and everything. Oh my um, god, it's bone. <laughs> And then uh, the classic uh, where he kills Jared Leto's character uh, listening to Huey Lewis, the news, and he puts on that, like that jacket, that plastic jacket. And he's like, do you listen to the Huey Lewis, the news? Yeah, the raincoat. And he's just like super jolly and upfront. And then all of a sudden he pulls out an ax and just like kills the dude right in front his of him. His dance moves are on point. Yeah. His dance moves, his face mask, yeah. his uh, strange collection of oils and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, very nice. Yeah, that's my number three. Number two, I got High Fidelity. 
Ooh. The movie that is kind of based on our podcast uh, for top fives list. Um, we've discussed this, I'm sure, in the past, I think on our top five favorite films. Just an incredible film about relationships and records and music and just so much. There's so much that goes for that film. And it has everything that I like in it and much more. And uh, and I, I love um, uh, John Cusack in it. He's, it's one of his, I think, one of his stronger films he's been in. And he really plays that character of Rob. Like he is such a compelling character and you, he's so like he's with the self-loathing and then the, <laughs> you know, the, the chance to kind of, uh, kind of make something of his music or his interest in music. So it's a really cool. And then the, of course we had it on our top five soundtracks, I believe too, as a great soundtrack. Yeah. So excellent and, music. Yes. And that brings me to my number one. My number one is 2000. X-Men the nice. X-Men movie that started it all and will go down as probably one of my favorite X-Men films out there. So very nice. Yeah, dude. Um, I put that on after watching Logan. Cause I was like, Ooh, now I want to like see. Yeah. You know, his origins isn't the beginning. Um, X-Men is, <laughs> X-Men you know, is he's, he's a baby face. He's yeah. a baby body. Yeah. Oh yeah. He got super movie. ripped throughout the whole, his whole career. Yeah, um, awesome, I dude. love uh, when he picks up Rogue and does it hurt when they come out? Every time. Every like, time, yeah. Tells you everything you need to know right there. It's wonderful. And I think we had that on opening scenes too. Did we have that? Like perfect opening scenes of just seeing him. Uh, isn't the first scene? He's, he's, he's the, not in the opening scene. Oh, never mind. Maybe I'll think of another list then. It's uh, the Holocaust is the opening scene. Gotcha, that's right. Magneto. Um, I keep, I always keep thinking about the, the cage fights he had. Like that's the perfect introduction to like Wolverine and when their knuckles just, Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. That's my top five for 2000. It was a very tough list. There was a bunch of movies on there. Like I think Friday after the Friday, I think was on there. Like, uh, Oh brother, where art thou? That's um, a really good movie. Me, myself and I Yeah, there's some good ones. Space Cowboys. Yeah, just um, a lot, dude. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. Me, myself, and Irene. I know. Ooh, I've never seen Requiem for a Dream. Do I need to see that? I heard it's very intense. Road Trip. Road Trip. If you're going to the comic, There's a lot of comedies that came out that year. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable. Keeping the Faith. Who could forget? Yeah. Um, well, Joe, what are, what are your top fives for 2000? Uh, my number five is going to be Remember the Titans. Oh, um, amazing. I don't know why I didn't think that was a big movie in my house. I'm, I'm not a sports guy, not a sports guy at all, but this movie is so transcendent of being a sports movie. And, uh, and let's face it, the soundtrack is awesome. It is so good. It's one of the best movie soundtracks. Um, number four, uh, Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous. Oh, um, Almost Famous. I can't believe that's such online. a good movie. Yeah. Such a good movie. A uh, young kid fakes his way into being a Rolling Stone journalist and gets to travel with a rock band across the country. It's like, how yeah. cool is that? <laughs> Kate Hudson has a character named Penny Lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Number movie. three. Oh, this is tough. I don't know. Three and two are kind of interchangeable as to their placement. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go American Psycho. Um, and everything you said stands. It's a really 
like the first time you watch it, and especially you know, especially if you don't, if you can't really uh, calibrate your mind to what the movie's trying to do, it's a straight like bizarre horror movie. But if you kind of tune in and pick up that, oh, they're they're playing this for like laughs, like not ha ha funny, but like you're supposed to. It's it's all right to like find it ch- absurd and funny. Yeah, then uh, the movie is really really great once you can like tune into its frequency. Um, number two, The Patriot. I oh, yeah. I can't believe a Roland Emmerich film made it this high on my list, but I really <laughs> do adore this movie. I love the Revolutionary War period setting, and uh, Mel Gibson. It's I think his finest acting role when Heath Ledger gets killed and he fuck he convulses, yeah, oh, and yeah. Uh, you know breaks apart. Like oh, that's a that's a really heavy, well acted scene, and. Uh, Really hard to pull off. Really hard to pull off. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in that movie is really good. Yeah. Especially Except for the kid who's in the Disney movies. Um, <laughs> well, especially Heath Ledger. I, I feel like he played a, you know, an interesting part, too. He was that the, the young man to go to the war who wanted to be a part of it, had his love interest in. And, of course, now, you know, his father trying to protect him from all that, too, as well. Because he yeah. used to be a soldier. So. He was charming. He was charming as hell in that movie. Super charming. <laughs> um, number one, High Fidelity. There you go. I, I knew it would be your number one. I feel one. betrayed that it's not your number one. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about this movie so many times on our show. What more can be said? It's 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 everything I want in a movie. There we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some days I, I just I sit and think, hmm, is Evil Dead 2 still my favorite movie? Is it High Fidelity? I think it might be High Fidelity. <laughs> and then I don't go anywhere with that thought. It just kind of it just lingers. simmers. <laughs> simmers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, good lists all, all the way around. I think we, we touched on some good stuff. Uh, that brings us to share time with us. Shawnee, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience? I got nothing tonight. this week, but I just had a fun time at E3, and uh, if you know, just recommend anyone who wants to check it out. You know, there's lots of videos too of what happened at E3. Um, other than that, man, I got nothing much really. Uh, hopefully, in the next week or two, um, I might be dropping. Uh, well, a artist that I worked with, this girl Maggie Bashiri, she's a rap artist. And we just finished a four-song EP with her, and we just got the cool. masters back. So I'm going to shout out to her, I guess, on this show, and say that her records, I think, I believe, is dropping at the end of the month. Um, so once I have a link to it or a place to get the music, I will definitely pitch it on the show and uh, give you guys a link so you guys can check it out and see some of the music and listen to the stuff that I create. So um, yeah, man. But other than that, that's pretty much it. Awesome, dude. That's really cool. Thank you. Um, but not cooler than this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, it's much cooler than this. Um, what do you got to share? Right before we started recording, I read that Batman Mask of the Phantasm is getting a Blu-ray release in July. Yes. Thank the Lord. Finally, we're going to get that in 1080p. Awesome. Um, 
So good news. Very good news. Not as good news as hearing you're finishing an EP. That's awesome too. Um, <laughs> you know what? I but, cannot uh, remember. I cannot remember the last time I saw that movie, and I'm not going to say I haven't seen it since the VHS days. But oh wow! I mean, is there any digital copies out there? Yeah, yeah, I have it. I have a couple copies on DVD. <laughs> I've, I've probably watched it maybe on like HBO or something because I know that they still have like a bunch of Batman movies on there. But um, it has been a while, and I think watching in Blu-ray would be just the best way to to experience it again. Um, yeah, apparently they're going to have uh, the original like letterbox format, and they're going to do like a widescreen version as well. Ah, okay. So that'll be really interesting, like to see how they even do that. That is um, interesting. Is that very common for, I guess, animated films being uh, re-released or? Uh, I haven't heard much in the way of that, but I mean, other than, you know, Disney. But it's like this particular version of Batman has such a strong following. And uh, if they don't re-release them, because, you know, it's perfect for for kids. Because we were kids when it came out. You know, it was like crack. Um, (laughs) Yeah. get it out there Warner brothers and then, you know, hook these, hook these kids on your product and, uh, you're going to have be, you know, reissuing those, uh, those episodes for a very long time. Oh yeah. In so many more formats to come. <laughs> so, uh, that's cool. I, I am definitely excited fantastic. for that. That's, uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be something I'm going to get to purchase and watch and see what, yeah, we'll see what other features they have and, Maybe they can, might be some bonus features telling us about how they made the, uh, the movie and everything. So. Yeah. You know what? No. I think uh, there's no special features, just a trailer. Just a trailer. You know what? I'll take that. Why just not? A just a straight film. Yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> um, well, right on, man. It's uh, where, where can we find you on the internet this week? Uh, you guys can find me at, or on Instagram, <laughs> at Sean Day Music. <laughs> And on my website, seandaymusic.net. And Joe, where can we find you? You can check me out on Instagram at Joey Prati, but it's private, so there you go. And uh, you can check out my website, joeypratiscripts.com. Shawnee, it's been such a fun episode. I had just just a darn darn it's been, tootin' time. It's been magical and legendary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, until next time, I'm Joy Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my